Nexus Church is all about cultivating an authentic Christian community where old and young alike journey with Jesus and are transformed by the gospel. May we be challenged and inspired by the power of His Word. It's good to see you this morning. Smile at me if you're happy to be here. Yes, it's all in the eyes. So glad that we're here, that we're allowed to meet, that we've all got a good attitude about sport and COVID. I'm so glad for all of those things. Praise God. I hope someone bought the footy with them and we can start passing that around. You can take your masks off then. And we can have 4,000 people in here. Praise God. That's okay. That's okay. I'm doing real good, though. I'm doing real good. <laughs> hey, you know, at the end of the day, at least we get to, to gather together around the Word of God. At least we're here. And I can tell you the presence of God wants to move afresh in this place, and He can work through masks as well, which is great. And I believe He wants to do something fresh in your life and heart. Today is the, not the last day we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, but today is the last day of our Holy Spirit series. We've done seven weeks on it. Uh, it's been a really great series, but uh, next week we're starting a brand new teaching series out of the book of Revelation. Yes, oh yes. Please do not be scared. It's too late for most of you. Um, <laughs> It's only going to be the first part of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3. For most of us, we treat uh, Revelation in one of two ways, a giant code book where it's pinned a tail on the Antichrist, or we don't read it enough because we're scared of it. And I want us to teach it practically and life, in a life-giving way. Only the first three chapters, which really deal with the message of the seven churches, which the most important part of Revelation is the fact that Jesus is walking through his church encouraging and challenging his people. And so we're not going to be dealing with all of your questions about the book of Revelation. Uh, there's other times for that, but uh, we may ride a few hobby horses along the way about microchips and nuclear warheads and Donald Trump. It will be a little bit of fun. <laughs> but I can tell you right now, we need to always apply the entire, uh, the full counsel of the word of God to our lives. And neglecting Revelation, I think, is a problem for most of us just because it's a bit too difficult to read. But we will go there. Uh, we'll probably do a, an artist impression. Probably have a small drama uh, with the, the, the beasts and everything like that. It'll be done well, though, um, but we'll probably do something <laughs> to that effect. Anyway, that is next week, and it's going to be great. Hey, uh, more importantly, for, for the next service, but in for this service, today we celebrate our one-year uh, anniversary, I suppose, of the hubs, our locations being in operation. They have gone for one whole year, Sanford and Sandgate, and they are absolutely thriving and flourishing. And uh, we're going to celebrate that, particularly uh, in the next service when they join us in the live stream. But it's been pretty amazing what God has done and what he is doing. And uh, those locations are going to have cake. Are we going to have cake here this morning? Or we're not allowed to anymore. We're having cake? Yes. Excellent. It's a good day. We're having cake after the service. The location to having cake because they're celebrating their first birthday and I didn't want us to miss out on cake. So we're having cake at the end of church, which all you do is you lower your mask and you put it in your mouth and that's, that's how you use that. Anyway, okay, I need to keep moving on. Today's the last day we're going to, uh, well, it's the last day of our teaching on the Holy Spirit, seven weeks. And I trust that along the way, 
God has done something in your life. But today, uh, I'm going to preach a very simple and short message. I want you to still respond. Maybe even through this series, you've been praying a simple prayer, Holy Spirit, come. But I, I, I want you to pray that afresh. And I believe He's going to fall afresh in your heart and your life. Uh, throughout this series, we've been talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. He is regularly referred to in Scripture as a He, a personhood, which means very importantly that the Holy Spirit is not a force. It is not Popeye with the spinach and the weird forearms. It is actually the, the truth that the Holy Spirit is a person, the personhood of the Holy Spirit. The parakaleo, known as the one to come alongside of us, to challenge us, to comfort us. We've talked about what it means to be led and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, to rely on the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that He wants to pour into our lives. All of this, our prayer is that it's creating an expectation in your life for more of God. At the end of the day, once we begin to teach on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows up a whole lot more. But once you ask for the Holy Spirit, He will show up powerfully in your life. Just this past week, I heard a story from one of the guys in our church who's been around here for a little while. And just Thursday, he sort of came by here, was chatting with someone else. And he shared powerfully that just last week, he was driving in his car. And it had been over a decade since, since he had experienced the presence of God in his life, at least a decade. And driving in his car, he just began to speak, began to pray and cry out to God. And God, if you're real, I, I want to know you. I've got questions and doubts, but I want to know you. I want to know your reality. And he's driving in his car and it's just on Thursday. And in a moment, the Holy Spirit filled his car and he sobbed. He just sobbed and sobbed as God touched him with his grace and his loving kindness. In fact, he said he pulled into work and he just had to sit in his car for a little while longer. In a moment, the Holy Spirit pressed into his heart all of the things that he knew about God. But in a moment, the Holy Spirit pressed it and drove it deeper. And he has changed and he's encountered the presence of God like he hasn't had in his entire life. I can tell you what God does for one, he'll do for you. It comes from a sincere heart, a simple prayer that says, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you move afresh in my heart? Would you move afresh in my life? And time and again, we see this in the Scriptures, that it wasn't ordinary people that got together and all of a sudden they had a couple of good pep talks, the equivalent of the, of the TED Talk, an ancient TED Talk, and all of a sudden they got all fired up and they went out. No, something shifted. Something happened. Something filled their hearts. Again, I say this all of the time. I've had a lot of inspiration from Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast. She looks out at Beauty and the Beast and she says, there's something there that wasn't there before. You know, you know the thing. I'm not going to sing it to you. It's too early. But Mrs. Potts looks out and she sees something. And the same for the early church. There was something there that was not there before. A scared, timid group of believers became bold men who actually did miraculous things through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. Why would it not be the same for your life? The work of the Holy Spirit continues in our lives. Whenever I teach about the Holy Spirit, I'm always reminded of 1 Kings 18 when Elijah confronts the 450 prophets of Baal. And in this moment, these 450 prophets of Baal are doing all they can to get their God to do something. Their God doesn't even exist. They try all these incantations. They whip themselves into a frenzy. And Elijah challenges them and says, hey, whichever God answers by fire, he's the real God. They do all these things for hours and hours. The day draws on and Elijah taunts them and says, shout louder and only increases the frenzy more and more. And Elijah gets up with a three-line prayer 
and says, Lord, just show the people that you are real. And the fire of God falls in a moment. I can tell you it's that same power that he wants to place into your heart and your life. And so today, to wrap up the series, uh, I just want to very simply talk about the Holy Spirit and power. The Holy Spirit and power. The Greek rendering of the word power throughout the New Testament is dunamis, which obviously we get the word dynamite from. It's used more than 110 times in the New Testament. And I believe that God wants to bring His power into your life. In fact, if you read Luke and Acts and Paul's letters as well, almost synonymously with the work of the Holy Spirit is the word power, which is something hugely important. The Holy Spirit in our lives is not merely an internal experience where we get warm and fuzzy. There is an internal experience that has manifestation, visible results that are demonstrations that the Spirit of God is moving. That means something. You should have an expectation that God wants to fill your heart, but move your heart. And all throughout the New Testament, we see the Holy Spirit and power. In fact, Jesus in Luke 24 and verse 40, he says, wait in the city a little longer until you have been clothed with power from on high. If you're from an older translation, if you remember that one, tarry in the city. We don't say that much anymore. I shall tarry, but I'll be home by five o'clock. Tarry, wait in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts chapter 4, the Holy Spirit filled the apostles and they preached the word with great power as they gave testimony about the resurrection of Jesus. Stephen, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, saw signs and wonders. 1 Corinthians 2, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, he says, I didn't come to you with wise or persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's... Ah, oh, that's a shame. Thank you, power. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 1 5, the Word of God came to you with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. I think you catch my drift this morning. Every time the Holy Spirit moves in our lives, He moves afresh and He moves with power. So we should expect the very same thing in our lives. It's funny when I was studying for this teaching this morning and I put a lot of work into every sermon because I, I love the Word of God and I love teaching you. It's my favourite thing in the world to do. But some weeks I just wish there was a shortcut. <laughs> some weeks I wish I could just you know, do a few hours, but this one, I've poured so many hours into it. And it's been fascinating because every scholar I've read when they've talked about the power of the Holy Spirit, there's only one of them who I would say is charismatic in nature. But for the most part, biblical scholarship is kind of reserved for quite conservative uh, church leaders. And they still write great commentaries, but it's funny. Every time they get to power and the power of the Holy Spirit, they, they really want to water it down. And, and I've been studying and saying, come on, one of you, one of you has to talk about power. And whenever it gets to the power of the Holy Spirit, they kind of go, oh yes, it's just the power to live a godly life. Well, yes, but there's more. Like that's not wrong. 
The Holy Spirit wants to empower you today to live a godly life. That's 1 Peter 2. He's given you everything you need to live a godly life, to live out of the divine nature. Yes, that is true. But can I tell you, when the New Testament talks about power, it actually means power. It actually means the miraculous intervention of heaven that is beyond the normal operation of regular life. Everyone's watering it down. Maybe I should take some time out and write a small commentary. Tiny picture book, scratch and sniff. <laughs> it's going to be my first book series, by the way. It will be scratch and sniff. It will be a number one bestseller. <laughs> Biblical scholars want to water it down. And I don't know why, but we can become so reserved in our faith that everything is intellectualized. Everything is what is the original, you know, and all of that. And I love that. You know me by now. But let me tell you right, right now, the Holy Spirit wants to move in power. And the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk, but of power. And there is the biblical weight to back it up. If I have one job today, it's to ignite a fresh desire in you to desire more of the power of God in your life. Because I don't know about you, but I want more of his power in my life not just to live a godly life, but I want to see the miraculous intervention of heaven. I want to see people reach who I'm not reaching right now. And I need to do a better job of being a more bold witness in Jesus' name. I want that for my life. I need people to get healed in my life. I need hearts that are cold to be set on fire in my life. I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little desperate for the power of God to move. If you could ignite that in your own heart this morning. So we're going to unpack just one text. It's an unusual text this morning, but it stirs afresh the power of God in our lives. Galatians chapter 3. If you want to read it with me, you can. If not, just trust me that it's in there. The Galatian church were fighting some kind of opposition because they actually started with a powerful work of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. I, I feel like we relate to the Galatian church. They started with a powerful work of the Holy Spirit as they believed the resurrection of Jesus and instantly in that moment they are filled with the Holy Spirit and He begins to work miracles amongst them instantly. But then over time, the Judaizers, the, the people who followed the, the Jewish religion came by and said, you realise there's other things you've got to do, right? You realise that that's all great, you've got the Holy Spirit, there's power, there's miracles, but you know there's some religious things you've got to follow through on. They encouraged the men to be circumcised. And I'm sure that that was probably the point where the men sort of said, oh, I don't know, I don't know if that's such a, such a good idea. Um, they were trying to force grown men to, to follow through on this procedure. And they're actually using it as a religious symbol to say, you know, not only do you have to do that, there's all these other things you have to do to win the approval of God. And bit by bit, the Galatian church was succumbing to the Judaizers. In fact, in Galatians it's actually interesting because uh, Paul would refer to them as the dogs. It was literally like the dogs were beginning to infiltrate the ranks. Obviously not Labradoodles because they're beautiful. We're all good again. He's my friend. We got through that rocky patch. Thanks for your prayers. But he called them the dogs, the mutilators of the flesh. And these were people trying to make people religious and neglecting the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Galatians 3, Paul uses harsh words in an interesting fashion. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? 
Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish or complete by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham, he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Paul was reigniting their awareness of the work of the Holy Spirit. It seemed to me like it was a natural occurrence throughout the New Testament church, and especially in this case with the church at Galatia, that the Holy Spirit would move upon them once they received Christ and miracles were being done in their midst, which was just a normal part of their life. There is this awareness that the Holy Spirit was on them. There was this awareness that the Holy Spirit wanted to move in power and that the manifestation of the Spirit and miracles that were done in that place were a normal part of life. Could I encourage us this morning? Could you grow in your awareness of the Holy Spirit on your life? Could you grow in your awareness of the power that He wants to move in your heart and life and touch other people? Because the Galatian church, when they started believing, they became fully aware that God was with them. In fact, to use the words of Jesus in Luke 24, that they were clothed with power from on high. It's fundamental to our faith that we actually understand that there needs to be an awareness of the Holy Spirit power present in your life. This past week, our eldest has been learning about microorganisms. These little micro bacteria things that are everywhere. It's been really good. He's getting a great education. Happy about that. But pretty much all week long, he's been talking, hey, dad, do you know that like right now on your arm, there are living little organisms. They're alive. It's like, yeah, that's, that's great. I already knew that, but thank you. You know, and it's been funny watching it. Even yesterday, I hear him telling his brother, hey, why don't, you, why don't you put your finger in your mouth right now? You see that? That's living organisms. That could kill you. <laughs> you know, I just love how brothers are so kind, you know. It's like, right now, that will make you very sick, but go ahead, you keep doing that. You know, he's just reminding his brother that at any moment, these microorganisms could leap out and destroy him. <laughs> I love the thought, though, even within that, that actually there is this awareness that while you can't see it, it's on you. While you can't see the Holy Spirit in your life, you need to grow in your awareness that He is on you, living and active, and that He wants to do something in your life. So many situations that you and I face in our lives, we forget that the Holy Spirit has clothed us with power, power to change a situation, power to bring His presence, power to bring life into a circumstance that is dead. And I want to stir our hearts afresh. Do you have this realization that you today, if you've received Christ into your heart and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that you are actually clothed with power? And maybe wherever you're, whatever situation you're facing even today, and maybe you've almost forgot that you've actually been clothed with this. Sometimes it's easy to do. 
Sometimes life happens and we think that it's all natural occurrences and it's all about landing on what's the way to move forward. But can I tell you right now, when you have this realisation that He has clothed you with power, you begin to walk with a new authority, you begin to carry yourself different, you begin to tap into the power that He has given you. And I'm convinced that we simply neglect the power that we have been clothed with. This is what's happened to the church at Galatia. They started in power and now they were moving to the flesh. And bit by bit, the work of the Spirit began to dry up. And bit by bit, the miracles began to cease. Can I ask us this morning, as I feel like we can relate to this church, the Galatian church, maybe in your life, just the work of the Spirit has begun to dry up a little bit. Maybe even in your life, you're just not seeing breakthrough and the miraculous intervention of heaven. Can I ask you even this morning to begin to access the power of the Holy Spirit? To realize you've been clothed with power, that he wants to move afresh in your life. Three times Paul says this, did you receive the Spirit? Did you receive the Spirit? Did you receive the Spirit? Fundamental to the work of God in our lives is receiving the Spirit into our hearts and our lives. And so many of us can live in a place where we're just getting through the days or even in a different sense we are trying to look for technique we're trying to look for strategy we're trying to look to the 18 bullet points to make sense of life but what Paul was saying to the church in Galatia he would say to us today the difference maker in your life is not merely gathering more information but receiving the work of the spirit afresh in your lives notice the word that he says there that actually Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. He says this, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what what you heard? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. You know, in the ancient world, they were on a constant quest to find information. They were on a constant quest to to know the next big thing or the next spiritual teaching. So much like our world today. You can walk through the self-help section and it is jam-packed with all the keys, all the techniques, the 28 ways to succeed in life. But what Paul is saying then, he would say to us right now, the thing that makes a difference in our lives is not hearing just the teaching of Jesus, but having a revelation of what Jesus has done on the cross. When he says that I portrayed Jesus Christ clearly crucified before you. He's literally saying, I have painted a picture of what Christ has done for you. Notice this. He is actually not saying to the Galatian church, I have found a way to live. I have found great teaching about Jesus. No, he's saying this. Jesus Christ died and rose again. And upon believing the Holy Spirit is available to you today. Can I tell you the shift that happens in The Galatian church is the minute they believe the Holy Spirit fills their hearts, like we've been saying, marks us and seals us with the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not by landing on new technique. It's not by figuring out the 28 keys to success. It's by believing the gospel of Jesus. And I find it amazing that what Paul is actually sharing is simply the story of Jesus. Now think about this for a second. If you were sort of intent on trying to make sense of life you're always looking for the new way to do it again we love ted talks we love information but what paul is doing he just tells the story of jesus 
It's simply the story of Jesus, not technique on how to succeed at life. It's the story that leads to the pouring out of the Spirit, simply believing. And in a moment, a message they'd never heard, their hearts are open. Their hearts come alive to what Jesus has done. His Spirit is poured out. It's almost like in a moment, all the information that swirled around their heads became a reality. Can I tell you, this is what it actually means to begin your journey with the Spirit of God, is comprehending what Christ has done for you. Remember, we talked about this as we talked about the Holy Spirit, that actually the job of the advocate is to remind us of the work of the first advocate. The first advocate is Jesus, who stands in the gap for you and I with his death and resurrection and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. The work of the second advocate, the Holy Spirit, is to remind us of the work of the first advocate. So often we look for other things. We start with the Spirit and then we want to find other ways. And Paul is bringing everybody back to say, hey, you've got to be reminded of the gospel. You've got to access the Spirit of God. It's almost as if in a moment the information shifted from their heads back to their spirit. Perhaps as they read this letter, the work of God began to flow. There's this phenomenon that happens in marriage on a regular basis. I don't know if it's true for you, but you'll, you'll hear information from an outside source. They'll say something to you and you come home and you say, oh, I just heard that, you know, there's this really great movie and, you know, someone was telling me about it today and we need to actually watch that. And then your spouse will reply, I've been saying that to you for weeks. <laughs> Have you ever had this? It's happened to me twice at least. It happens on a regular basis and it's kind of like one of those things where there is, a, there is a different voice that speaks and it's almost as if you've heard it for the very first time. <laughs> and then you come home and you share this newfound information for the good of the family, but then it's not received that way. Actually, something happens where it's like you might have heard it a lot, but it's like you've heard it for the first time. Can I tell you what the Holy Spirit does predominantly in our lives? He takes what you know about Jesus, but it's like you've heard it for the first time ever. He takes what you know and perhaps what you've grown up with and perhaps what you're aware of. And in a moment, he takes it and he presses it down deep into your heart. And I see this on a regular basis in church. This is why we do what we do. When people come forward and maybe they've been in church for a long time or it's their first week and they come forward and they actually with eyes wide open say, I finally know I finally understand. It finally makes sense. Well, I can tell you it's not that they got you information. It's that the Holy Spirit took the work of Christ and pressed it into their hearts. And all of a sudden they believe. And all of a sudden they're full of the Spirit. And all of a sudden they realize that it's not a matter of talk, but it's power. You see, what happened to the church in Galatia happens to us all the time. Notice this. After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? What's interesting about the Christian faith is the very way we start in our walk with God is also the very way that we grow in our walk with God. It's kind of countercultural and contrary to our belief. 
Often we think that whenever we start something, we start at the beginning and then we progress and we move on. This is how life is shaped for us. Perhaps you start at university, you start in your first year. Well, you, you never go back to the beginning. You don't take up those subjects again. You move on. Everything about us is we start here, but then we move on to the next thing. And by that, that is how we grow. But not with the gospel. In fact, to receive the power of the Holy Spirit afresh in your life, this is how you keep growing. You go back to the beginning. No one graduates from the work of Christ on the cross, his death, his resurrection life that is available for you. You don't move on to the next bit. Oh, now we're getting to the really good stuff. Let's go to the book of Revelation. Um, You actually grow by simply going back to the work of the cross again and again and again. That is how you grow. In a very real sense, the Holy Spirit takes the work that Christ has done and he brings you back to the beginning again and again and again. But every time he takes you back to the beginning, it's deeper. It's more. It's more revelation. It's more revelation, but it's still starting with the cross of Christ. And maybe you feel like you've graduated from that. You'd never use those words, but maybe you want to move on to the bigger things. Well, the way we grow is like the church in Galatia. You always go back to the beginning. You always go back to what Christ has done. You see, the reason why we have such issues in our life is not because you need new technique, not because you need more information, but we need a greater revelation of what Christ has already done for us. Do you know why we're so desperate for affirmation from people? Because we forget what God has already done in our lives. Do you know why we're always worried about what other people think? Because we forget what Christ has already done for us. Do you know why we're insecure? Because we're not secured by the cross of Christ and what he's done for us. Do you know why we're always worried about being alone? Because we we forget that actually we're never alone because what he's done for us. Everything in our life is a result of moving further away from the cross and perhaps in it thinking that we're growing or increasing. But the work of the Holy Spirit is to continually bring you back to the cross of Christ and say, this is what you need most and pressed into your heart. The reason why we fight, grapple, steal, take matters into our own hands is because we forget what Christ has done. And the way that we grow in our faith is to keep going back to the very beginning where we started. And lastly, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? What Paul is talking about is there is an experience that they had the moment that they believed that they need to go back to. And maybe I'm talking to people today that perhaps you've never experienced the powerful work of the Holy Spirit in your life. What Paul is getting at is that there is an experiential component. But often we don't need the power of God in our lives because we don't need the power of God in our lives. Let me just share this and team you can come and join me often when we ask for the power of God in our lives there's actually things that God wants to do even without his power let me try and 
get this right this morning as my head is catching up with my heart. So often, we don't ask for the power of God because we simply don't need the power of God because it is within our own natural ability to do. Think about it. Where do you need the power of God in your life? Because when you begin to realize that I need the power of God in my life, I'm not looking for merely an enhanced current ability. I'm asking God to do something that is far beyond my ability to do. And there is a gap. So often we are saying, I want the power of God to move in my life, but, but we're naturally work out on our own. It's not until you come to the point, to the end of yourself, where you realize I cannot make that happen, where you begin to ask for the power of God to move afresh in your life. Maybe you're facing a situation and you're saying, God, I need you to break through with your power. I need you to turn that around. And that's when you begin to ask for the power of God to move. That's where he wants to show up. Otherwise, it's just you operating in your normal natural ability. It's that cold heart that I need you to miraculously intervene in. Lord, I need you to give me boldness like I've never had before to be a witness, a better witness. Lord, I need you to supernaturally grow the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I need to increase in my joy and my peace, my patience, my gentleness, my long-suffering, my self-control. I need that supernatural intervention of heaven. I, I need to see a miracle in this situation, Lord, because it's dire. Lord, I need you to move afresh. Can I ask you this morning, maybe the reason why you haven't seen the power of God is because you haven't brought yourself to a point of desperation being in need of the power of God to move. When Elijah goes to the top of Mount Carmel, he's asking for fire to fall down. He doesn't go to the top of the mountain and say, let's join in a discussion. Let's have a really good debate. I reckon I'll beat you and show you which God is real. No, he says this, Lord, you know I can't do this. I'm going to need you to send fire. That is when we begin to see the power of God, when there is a gap between our natural ability and what only God can do. And I would challenge us this morning. Maybe one of the reasons we don't see the power of God move in our lives is because everything we're doing or asking God to do is just too normal, too natural. Maybe there's a gap between where you are and where you know God wants it to be. And you're saying, God, if you don't show up for me, I'm cooked. If you don't move powerfully, this won't change. If you don't move in your power, they will not be restored. That will not be healed. I will not see breakthrough. If I could ignite in you this morning a fresh desire for the power of God to move in your life. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it looks like specifically for your situation. But I know this. He did it for Elijah. He did it for the early church where a small, timid group of people became the most powerful, passionate, miracle-working men the world has ever seen. The same spirit that was at work in them is at work in you as you've been powered, empowered with His power from on high. I'm going to close with this final quote. I think it's very powerful. Francis Chan says this, if you have not known and experienced God in ways you cannot deny, I would suggest that you are not living in a needy and dependent way. God delights to show up when His children call on His name and when they are trusting fully in Him to come through. Whether that is in relationships, in battling sin, 
in strength to make sacrifice, or in endurance to be faithful in daily life. Are you living this way? Or are you surviving by your own strength and by your own needs? Let's pray together. I hope you catch the simplicity of the word this morning. Everywhere the Holy Spirit moves, He moves in power. Yes, there's empowerment for daily life. But there's a greater power that I believe that He wants us to tap into and start asking for. Luke 11, we're giving a fascinated story that Jesus shares of asking, seeking and knocking. He says, how much more so will He give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask? Maybe even today, it's been a long time since you've been desperate for the work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe in your own life, it's been a long time since you've asked for the power of God to move. You've become so safe and so conservative and you've been trying to find technique, just like the church at Galatia. But I believe even today, very simply, by this very simple message, the Holy Spirit wants to ignite a brand new passion, a brand new desire for more of the power of God in your life. Not to just live in your own natural circumstances, but to ask heaven to intervene, to move afresh with power, to see breakthrough and miracles, healing and turnarounds, which is the normal operation of the Holy Spirit. So while you're in this moment, while your head's about and eyes are closed, why don't you even begin to ask God what that is? Say, God, you know, there's this situation I'm facing. I need your power. You know, there's a heart that is distant from you. I need your power to move upon their heart today. I need you to work on my heart with your power. I need your supernatural intervention today in this moment. And so, Father, upon every heart this morning, you know every story, you know every circumstance, you know every situation. Lord, we don't want to do this in our own strength. We don't want to start with the Spirit of God, how He first came to faith and then move on to more conservative things. We want to be in that place where we see Your Spirit move afresh. So I pray upon every heart this morning. By Your Holy Spirit and power, would You come? Would You move afresh? Would You ignite in each of us a desire for more of You? Would you cause us to be desperate for your spirit and power to move? Because we know you want it. We know you want to heal. We know you want to restore. We know you want to touch people. We know you want to open hearts to you. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Lord, let this be more than a teaching series. Let it be a heart's desire. Lord, for those leaving this place, even traveling in their cars this week, There'd be whispered prayers that say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. Holy Spirit, I want to see your power afresh. I want to see your miraculous intervention of heaven move in my life. Jesus, would you ignite that afresh in every one of us in this building, on the live stream as well, Lord. Would you ignite that desire and that passion for more of your Holy Spirit power? Thank you. We hope this message encouraged or perhaps even challenged you in your Christian faith. Our pastors meet regularly with people to pray and support them and we extend this invitation to you. Please let us know if we can contact you to offer support. Simply call the office or visit nexuschurch.com.au.